It seems like today everybody feels they have a vote in a decision-making process. Agreed. Give me a simple example. So, if I like orange and you prefer green, what happens if we average that out? Well, you mix it up and divide it in half, which means we both get brown. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't suit either of us, does it? No. The truth is, average suits nobody. Let's figure out what to do about it so we're not all stuck in ill-fitting brown suits. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. You know what's not ill-fitting? This pineapple mango punch. It is a unique drink, that is for sure. Yeah, it's a summery rum drink that tastes above average, to be sure. Uh, what's in it? We've got some coconut rum, some pineapple coconut juice, mango juice, orange juice... And check this out. It's supposed to have edible flowers and citrus rings for garnish, but we're in Michigan. The only edible flower we had in the garden was chives. So there you go. It's so cute. It's cute as all get out, but it adds a spicy surprise that is definitely not average in it's, this drink. It's not average at all. It's kind of fun. So it's really juicy. It really belongs by the pool. You know, this is a funny topic, Karen, because when we sat down to plan, we really had to talk about what we were talking about when it when it came to average. Yeah, we really struggled because I wasn't, we, you know, we write down our topics, um, you know, weeks in advance. And when we go back and look at our topics, it's like, what were we talking about? Or what were we thinking about when we said that? So was it, my question was, what measuring stick are we using for average? What, what parts of our lives are we talking about? Is it us personally? Is it home? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. And what is average to you versus what is average to me? And so we, we landed a lot of clothing metaphors. Yes. Because those of you who know us or have seen our photos know Karen is, what, five-ish? Five-ish. Feet. Feet tall. And I'm five-seven-ish. So, you know, if this an average pair of pants is not going to fit either of us, right? Right. And so average, the thing in the middle made mathematically, almost doesn't work for anyone. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. And we decided that we needed to talk about that a little bit in terms of work and the kinds of things we do. Yes. And I think it comes out uh, as a rant sometimes, but I think the off the rack, so if let's use, let's continue using the pants, right? The off the rack version of what both of us do for a living is the commoditization of creative services. Right. So I can get a logo for $30. Yay! You sure can on the internet from someone who we've never met and who doesn't care one bit about your business process. And won't ask you about your objective. Right. Yeah, and the same with video. Yep, I can buy stock video in a heartbeat in less than five minutes, and it's cheap, cheap, cheap. Yep, absolutely. So what? So the thing about that is it's just average. We talk about the commoditization of creative product, right? And the problem with that if you are on the receiving end of is you is, is bland. Things look bland and the same and you just can't tell the difference and you end up with the picture on your billboard next to the same stock picture on your competitor's billboard so average easy the default answer it just doesn't work yeah absolutely it just it ends up being kind of a one-size-fits-all which we've already used as the pants metaphor but like when it comes to marketing or video services one-size-fits-all doesn't work no it it doesn't and i think culturally we are changing considerably into the fact that most audiences want something that is meaningful to them, right? Yes. So it really goes two ways. It's, it's number one, what is unique for your business and what presents your business in a unique and authentic light? 
And to number two, what what can you give to your audiences so that they can find a media, meaningful connection and not just feel like you're giving them generic, boring things to look at? Yeah, well, and, and that that is not available off the shelf. Right. Absolutely. So... So what can take something from average to expert? You know, so what is the difference then between the $30 logo and the and the redhead logo? <laughs> That's where we got to the nip and tuck metaphor, right? Yep. So neither of us are the type of person who have custom made clothes or couture or anything like that. We definitely are off the rack buyers in our personal lives. But I think we've both experienced what happens if you take something to a good tailor. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. I think we've both shared stories about, you know, these pants fit fine, but oh, once the dart was run, man, they actually looked really nice and they felt better. They were in the right spot. Right. So somebody who's about your size can wear those pants, but those were made exactly to to flatter you specifically. Yep. And the thing that happened to me once, which was literally an aha moment, I was in my 20s, I had to go to a wedding, had a dress, I thought it needed to be taken in near the rib cage. And turns out the seamstress, she lifted it all up and took in above the shoulders, which I never would have guessed. Mm-hmm. And it, cha- it, it changed everything. Yeah. And coming from a family where we would, my mom did a lot of sewing and a lot of tailoring, I thought I knew what needed to happen, but I'm not a tailor. Right. You're not the expert. I'm not the expert. And she did it an entirely different way than I thought she was going to, and it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. All of a sudden it lifted it up and it put all the curves in the right spots rather than adding different curves in different spots. Right. And I think that that's just a good example of what happens when you hire someone to look at you. And it doesn't have to be expensive or a giant process. It's just an expert can often look at you and say, aha, this is what we can do. Absolutely. I think when you are an expert, you can look at something that's askew and recommend exactly what the approach is, right? That's your that's your metaphor for your, that's the example for your dress. But so too is true, you know, for what both of us do for a living. So you may be able to look at something that I've produced and go, hmm, something's off, but I'm not sure how to take it to the next level. And it's like, oh, I see what you're feeling here. And then it's a nip and a tuck here and there. And then it's a more complete package. And that's that's just part of working with clients. That's part of that dialogue, right? And right. So, so the same is true with your process. Well, and it's funny that you say that because what that means from the client standpoint, say I'm your client and I feel like something's wrong here um, and I find this often and I have these tendencies myself, is the uh, the want to tell you what should be done. Mm-hmm. I feel like something's off here. Can we maybe try a shot that shows more flowers? Whereas you would say, it's sound. Let's tweak the something. Yeah. I don't even know the words. You tell me the words. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all balanced. So when you're, I think when you're the expert, you can reflect what your client's telling you for why they feel it's off. And then you can recommend a solution that addresses that direction as opposed to make it blue. Well, blue may not make it closer to what you want, actually, in the end of the day. And so I think the most savvy clients and the ones that have the best relationships with us understand that, that that really, if they give us the feedback of something's off, then we we can dig in underneath that and, and find out what the right solution is. Right. And that's that's part of why they're paying an expert. But also, you're probably faster that, at that than somebody who's not an expert. Absolutely. 
I can't tell you how many times I've sat across the table from a client, and many of our clients have internal video services where they do the internal video, but they rely on us to do their external facing pieces. And so I can't tell you how many times they'll look at us across the table and they're like, oh, well, we think, you know, Tony can do this. And and, and then we have to talk through the process of why he or she may or may not be able to do it. And so it's about whether they're using their resources wisely or if we can just do it really quickly for them yeah. because it's very straightforward and simple. Well, and that quick idea reminds me of when when I was – I remember when I was very new at my career and there were lots of things I didn't know. And way back in the day, Google <laughs> wasn't quite as useful as it is now, right? Like because it didn't exist. Right, because it wasn't there. Um, but the, the point is that when you are – when you are unsure, you you have a couple of choices. You can muddle through and figure it out and learn, or you can ask someone to help you, mm-hmm. right? And in the asking someone to help you, that is asking an expert or someone with more experience than you. Sometimes that's YouTube, but more often than not, it's a mentor or someone who has done things before and can give you lots of tips. And I remember when I was young, having a hard time admitting when I didn't know something. So I would stay at work late, and I mean late, for hours and hours trying to figure out a process, get it done the way it should be done, and then go back to work in the morning and be prepared. And I wouldn't bill those hours, and I I wouldn't talk about those hours. It was just me trying to struggle to figure out how to get something right. Mm -hmm. It would have been a lot more efficient to go to the guy with 20 years of experience and say, I don't know how to get this right. What should I do? Yep. And then you may have also... You would have gotten to it faster. Maybe it wouldn't have, depending on that relationship, that mentor relationship, you for sure would have gotten to it faster, but it may not have been taught in a way that made sense. And sometimes it's that experience that's required to kind of muddle through it and figure it out and have your own aha moment. But we find consistently here that we can have interns poke around and figure it out on their own but we will only we we give them a window of time if you're if you're struggling for more than half an hour come get somebody we really want them to poke around and figure it out and try things but we really don't want them to waste time so that's our rule is 30 minutes 30 minutes is a good rule but i think this all relates to average because you want to get it right so so the difference is someone who is done before they start exploring the better option mm-hmm. Or take something that is the commodity or it's totally off the rack and it doesn't quite fit, but you wear it anyway and thinks that's good enough. And I think that's where average suits nobody if you're making products that are generally in the right genre, if you're making products that generally feel right, but they're not truly customized to the person who's going to use them, nothing else matters really. Right. Well, and it's just a disservice to to the client and really to to their mission or objective. You're not holding their image or their reputation in, in their best light if you're not um, applying a custom solution for, for their unique needs. That's true. And this is not to say, in some ways this is a kind of a rambling conversation, but I find it interesting. This is not to say everything has to be the ultimate custom perfected piece of whatever for your organization or or your professional career. But looking at those things that really are important or foundational or very public facing and seeing how you can make those suit you in a in a way that resonates really well both internally and externally, that's the fun part, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well I think sometimes average is a starting point. Average is a starting point. You're so smart. Mm. 
I think those are your words, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do think the average is a starting point. And then the exciting point, it's kind of like a brainstorm. You start your brainstorms. You start really digging into a problem, and your first solution is never the one. Never. And so when you find the solution and you go with the first one, that's average. Yeah. And but when you're when you have a really great creative team, you poke holes in it, you peel back the layers, you challenge. That's how you get to the actual solution that you start implementing. That's a really good observation. And it's funny because you say that and it makes me think of algorithms, right? Um, The Internet is designed to give us the average and it's designed to give us the most popular items first. And so with everything from looking at your Pinterest page to Googling some research, the first is usually the average. And sometimes that can suit you and get you your answer fast. Mm -hmm. But sometimes digging beyond that first solution lets you be innovative and creative. Yeah. How many people go past the first page? Who goes to the fourth O in Google? I know. Right? Let's go to the fourth O in Google when it, we're picking our next drink. That'll be fun. Oh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. She said ooh with Google. four O's. <laughs> I love that idea. I actually like going to the fourth O and the next time we do a random word generator conversation. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes Karen and I talk about these kinds of topics because we see it. And I'm sure some of our listeners see it as well. Either you're competing for work against someone who is sort of phoning it in, and mm-hmm. um, that's hard and it's frustrating because the people who phone it in can do it really cheaply, but the product in the end suffers, and you know it's going to suffer because you have the experience to know. I think if you are on the client side or you know, in the enterprise-level side, sometimes it's easy to go with average because it's hard to get consensus or breakthrough thinking in a large organization. Mm-hmm. So average is a very comfortable place. It, it seems yeah. seems affordable. It's comfortable. We call that the watered down version. The watered down version. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of consensus to creative solution. Right. Because if I on want... On the client side. If you want a crisp glass of water and I want a shot of whiskey and we mix that down, neither of us get what we want. That's for sure. <laughs> Although a nice water, a little water and whiskey can be useful. But it's average. But it's average. It's neither thirst-quenching nor boozy. Right. Who wants that? No. One or the other, damn it. Two glasses, please. (laughs) Oh, man. We always somehow bring it back to the booze. That's right. Well, speaking of which, this pineapple mango punch has been really, really fun. It's true. And, you know, I've never thought of putting... I love my chives, and I love that little purple Dr. Seuss-looking bloom that they have. I mean, it's just... Seussian. Isn't it? It's so charming. It's like a truffle tree. It is like a truffle tree. And so it's fun to have one in a drink, even if I would have never in a million years thought to put a chive with a mango juice. So it's unique and it's interesting. Average doesn't suit us in these cocktails. We can't just have an average cocktail. At least not today. Not today. I want to hear from our listeners because not everybody we know um, who listens is in creative services. And I know that average suits nobody applies across all industries. We have lots of listeners who have reached out to us and um, male and female alike and have told us what industries they're in. So we know that average suits nobody fits outside of creative services. And I want to hear from some of those folks and how, how that touches their professional lives as well. Yeah, and I would love to see if somebody has a great tactic for how to get past the average when it becomes a roadblock, you know, because that's that's something we can all use. If you've got great tactics for getting past it um, in your own work life, let us know because we can always borrow those tactics from you. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Easy Underground or on our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. 
We know employees dread employee reviews. But I'm pretty sure it's widely accepted that employers and bosses dislike them as well. We've both recently been through ours, and the modifications we've made along the way have taken a little bit of the hand-wringing out of them. Join us next time to talk about some of the tactics we use to keep the meetings stress-free. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.